Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. How's everyone doing? My name is Dara. I'm one of the uh, Gap Exec leaders here, and I have the privilege of bringing a word today to you all. It is uh, truly not something I take for granted, and I'm super excited as we've been in a series right now. This is the second week called The Parables, and for those who do not know what The Parables is, this is uh, stories that Jesus Christ himself told to people, um, to disciples. He told these stories, and the great thing about these stories is that they pretty much paralleled with something within the kingdom of God. So to someone who may not have um, an understanding of who God was or may not have had a relationship with God, these stories may have seemed like just stupid stories. But for someone who was truly a child of God, who had the understanding the mysteries of these parables, they were able to see the, the, the parallel within those parables. So like Mecca said last week, for the next six weeks, we're going to be exploring some of a few parables within the Bible, and I'm really excited. What about y'all? Y'all excited? There we go. Woo. So uh, before I get into this, because uh, I'm really excited, like I'm low-key shook, guys, so y'all better help me here. I'm a little bit shook because God has been, been finishing me, bro, this week. Finishing me. <laughs> um, but before I get into this, let's just go ahead and just pray by our heads. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. We thank you because you are a, a beautiful God, a wonderful God. We bless your name, Lord. We ask, God, that uh, everyone that is here, Lord, open their hearts to, to receive, open their ears to hear, God, what you have for them, God. I pray, Lord, that you speak through me. Let my words not be my words, but let it be your words, God. I pray whatever you want to do, Lord, let it be done. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, uh, I'm going to get straight into it. Uh, the title of my message is The Appointment. The Appointment. Now, as I was reading through scripture, I realized that uh, there is three types of appointments that we have in life as believers, I'll assume. Uh, three types of appointments we have in life. Now, the reason why I want to explore the appointments aspect of this is because when we read the parable, you will now see what the appointments mean. Um, but the first appointment that we all have is the appointment that we see coming. So that means practically you have a doctor's appointment, right? You schedule it so you know what's coming. It's on the third of next month, so you get ready. Make sure that you have your insurance cards ready. You make sure that you have your money ready. You make sure that you're prepared for that appointment, right? Practically, if you want to go biblically, uh, appointment that we see that somebody knew that was coming was what say Moses. At the burning bush, God says to him, hey, I want you to lead my people out of Israel so, or out of Egypt. So he knows the appointment. He knows what he is supposed to do. Now, a second appointment that comes is an appointment that we do not know is coming, but it has to do with our purpose. We don't know about it, but it has to do with our purpose. For instance, Esther is a great example. Esther, she, you know, you know, she's just like, shoot, let me just try and be the queen, uh, uh, the queen to King Zerus. And until the plan of Haman, if you don't know this story, guys, I'm really sorry. I'm just, I'm just pass through it. But basically, what happens is that Haman, a man, has a plan to to pretty much kill all of Esther's people. Esther why she was trying, to, trying out to be the queen uh, to King Zerah, she had no idea what would happen. 
So what ends up happening is that she ends up being the person that frees her people unexpectedly from the plan of Haman. Mordecai says that uh, you were built maybe for a time like this. Maybe you were here for a time like this. This is something that she did not plan for, but it has to do with her purpose. So that is an appointment that we don't necessarily look, know what's coming, but it has to do with our purpose, right? The third appointment I'll pretty much talk about later on. Today, I want us to open our Bibles to Matthew uh, 25, because this is where our, the, the, the key scripture is going to be from today, and it's where we're going to really wrap up everything as far as this, the appointment. Let me get my phone out, my phone Bible. Shout out to the phone Bibles. <laughs> Some of y'all have the Bible app, but don't read it, so can't really shout it out. <laughs> no shade. <laughs> no shade. All right, uh, uh, do y'all have NLT back there? I don't know if y'all have NLT. Um, I'm going to just read it, though. Matthew 25, we're going to start from verse 1. So, is everybody there? Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, it says, verse 1, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Verse 2, Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Verse 6, at midnight they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming, come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. Verse 10, but while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready in with him, went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Verse 11, later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. Verse 12, but he called back, believe me, I don't know you. 13, so you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. May you bless the reading of the Lord. Okay, so what do we have here? We're going to do some quick Bible stuff. We have 10 bridesmaids, 10 bridesmaids, right? 10. And what do we know? The Bible describes uh, them on a, a journey or what we would call an appointment. They have an appointment to meet a groom, meet a bachelor, I, I would probably say. And what happens here is that the Bible describes five of them being foolish from the start and five being wise. So what differentiates them is the fact that the wise have more oil or prepared oil for the long run, while the foolish don't have enough oil. That is all that distinguishes them. In other translations, it says that all of the bridesmaids were all virgin. They were all pure. So nothing literally differentiates them besides the fact that some had extra oil and the others didn't have enough. Now... A lot of people coin this story as the mystery of the ten virgins. And I started to ask myself, what is literally, why, why? there's so many questions as far as like how this could happen. How could ten people on the same journey uh, be going to the same place in unison and only five of them actually get in? They're all the same. 
They're all in the same state. They're all virgins. All of them have lamps. They're all on the same journey, but for some reason, it's only five at the end that we see come into the, come into the feast. And one of the questions I asked myself is, why didn't five know to bring extra oil? Why exactly did five of them did not know that they should bring extra oil? Think about this. Imagine 10 of them were together, and five of them, for some reason, did not even think to themselves to bring oil. And the Holy Spirit revealed to me that this is actually how a lot of us may be. You see, a lot of us, because what, what I'm thinking is this. The five who brought the extra oil may have gone through experiences and may have actually prepared in the past to know to bring extra oil. What am I saying is this. There's certain experiences that the five wise brides had went through that prepared them for that, for that position, pre prepared them for that opportunity. So when I was thinking, how does that relate to us? The truth is that there's many of us who, <laughs> especially during worship, this is a great example. This is a great example. As Eniola, Wati, and Kennedy, who did an amazing job, thank God for them, they are worshiping and they're saying, lift your hands, and some of us are doing this. And this is not to point at anybody. That could be your posture of worship, your style of worship. That's cool. But what I'm saying here is that isn't it kind of weird that what you're supposed to do if you're trying to go to heaven, right? Because what we're going to do is worship God forever. I would expect us to probably do a little bit better in the training ground. Unless you're not trying to go to heaven, but that's another situation. My thing is this. I'm saying that the differentiation is this. There's certain things that we're supposed to prepare for and that we skip out on preparing for to the point that we don't realize when we're going to need them. You see, the people, the five brides, the five wise brides that brought the extra oil, there's certain experiences that they went through in the past. Who knows what it was? Maybe they went on a journey by themselves and it was dark because their, 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 fire, went, their fire was gone. Who knows what it was? Maybe their father and mother taught them a lesson that bring extra oil on journeys. What is that thing that you have maybe been skipping out on that is supposed to prepare you for an appointment later in life? What is that thing that you, there's a, there's a situation that maybe you're in right now, and here's the thing. I'm not negating the fact that, that the five foolish brides did not go through situations, but what, here's the thing. A lot of us, two people may go through the same situation, but one may actually learn from it. One may actually learn from it. And I think it's important because even when I, even when I was reflecting, is this, it's like, you know, when, when it comes down to it, your preparation actually gives you more in store for the actual journey ahead. So when I say this is this. The fact that they had the extra oil, they walked out uh, on that journey probably with less worries in their head. And, and the worst part about this is that as, as the virgins are walking together, think about this. They probably thought they were all on the same level. They thought they were on the same level, right? They looked the same. They had the same thing in their hands. But the truth is that the preparation separated them. And here's the thing, preparation, you sometimes can't even physically see. You can't physically see it. So the thing is that we could all be in this church, the Gap Church together. We've been here since last year. Uh, if you've been here since the beginning of last year, you've heard every single sermon series. And here's the thing, we could both be, be here and learning from those sermons. But the truth is, 
the, the, what we've taken from it, what we've actually gotten from it can be completely different. And the thing is that I could be more prepared than somebody else because I've actually used what's been given to me. The resources that are here are not, are not just for fun. It's actually resources to prepare you for something. You don't even know what it is. You see, there's certain things in life that we're going to experience. For some of us, it's so hard to give, but what if God has a plan for you to, be, uh, to start a non-profit? You can't even give, but the vision that God has for you, because here's the thing, there's some appointments we don't know about, but it has to do with our purpose, right? So imagine if you're supposed to start something that requires giving, but you can't even give now. Imagine if you're supposed to be a CEO of a company, but you can't even serve. The opportunity is here, but it seems like you're not learning from the opportunity. You're not learning from what's, going, what's happening here. Another question I ask myself is, what kind of relationship did all ten of the virgins have for them not to be in unison when it came down to it? Another thing with that is basically just like this. Like I said, they all went out together. I would think to myself is, if they were really cool, they would probably have prepared the same way. If they were really cool, there probably would have been some type of accountability. But what we see here, because this is very revealing, we see this, we see this here in verse, we see this in verse, uh, verse 7 of Matthew 25. It says, or verse 6, at midnight they were aroused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming, come out and meet him. It says all, because here's the thing, all of them were sleeping, right? All of them were sleeping. It says, all the bridesmaids got up, ate. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please. So here's the thing. For them to ask them means they thought there was something there in relationship. For five to ask them, hey, can you give us some? That means they thought that there was something between them, some type of relationship, some type of correlation between them that they could ask for. And it says here, they said, please give us some of your oil because our, our lamps are going out. Verse 9, but the others replied, we don't have enough. So the truth is, what kind of friendships do you have right now? Because here's the thing about salvation, it's personal, right? So there's people that you may be walking on a journey with right now that by the time you, the worst part is that it, by the time they realized that the relationship was not there, it was too late. There are certain people that you're walking with who you think have your back. There are certain people that you're walking with who think can keep you accountable in the, or who, who you think their spirituality can, can build you up. There are certain people that you believe you're on this walk with who are going to be there forever. But the truth is when it comes down to it, you guys are separated. I'm sorry. And, I mean, that's one way to look at it, but here's the, here's the other way to look about it. Because there, there's, there's one revelation in that, but the second revelation is this. So the five wise virgins say to the five foolish, hey, go, go to the shop. Go to the shop and buy some more oil. Here's the thing. There must have been enough in, in their heads, there must have been enough time to, for them to decide to actually go and buy, buy some more oil. They must have thought they had enough time, right? But here's the crazy thing. This is how relationships are very important when it comes to our walk with Christ. Five foolish went to go buy some more oil. Here's the thing. By the time they all came back, the doors were closed. Why is it that they all had to miss it? All had to miss it. I don't think y'all are getting it. Here's the thing. There's some of us that we have bad friendships that will actually make us skip out on the appointment that God has for us. 
the thing is that in my head, I think to myself, why in the world? I already know that I'm already at a loss. I go and get more oil, but here's the thing. I'm waiting for each of the people to get their own oil. Me, myself, there may have been enough time if I took the initiative and I didn't think that they mattered to actually go back and actually have a chance to get back into the, to, to actually meet the bridegroom. But the truth is that there are certain friendships that you have right now that at the end of the day, you think because you guys are support, because they have your back, because they're, they, they, you can trust them, you think it's okay. But really, what they're doing is that they're stalling you and they're making you stagnant. So by the time you actually want to go back and make the appointment, you've already missed it. In 2 Corinthians 5.10, it says that all, of, all will appear Each will impair before God. And that's why I think it's important because I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say, I can't trust you. 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 I'm I'm, I'm not trying to, here's the thing, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to cause nothing. But the truth is, the truth is, all of us, I assume, are on a journey of progression. All of us are on a journey to get to heaven. But the truth is, I cannot rely on Kennedy. I can't rely on Ray. I can't rely on a Mecca. I can't rely on a Belize. Here's the thing. They can help me in my journey, but here's the thing. I cannot use a Mecca spirituality to get me to heaven. So here's the thing. When the five, when the five foolish ask the five wise for oil, I'm sorry. The truth is, the oil, because here's the thing. Man, this is another revelation. God just, whoo. Whoo. Let me, let me just step back real quick. Hold on. Here's the thing. I don't know if this, this actually affirms. Some people need to understand this. I, I think it's crazy right now, think about it, that the five wise virgins, because this shows the friendship as well, that the foolish, as they went to go buy some more oil, the five wise couldn't even say, hey, there's some people coming. Wait. Keep the door open because there's more people coming. What does that mean? I'm going to reinforce it again. There's people who you're, you're on this journey with that you really think will actually have your back in the end, but they do not. And here's the thing. I'm going to be specific. When it comes to the things of God, it is very hard for you to rely on people's spirituality to get you into heaven. Some of you don't think that you're relying on it, but here's the thing. When you start to rely on the accountability of somebody so much that you stop relying on God, then that becomes a problem. And, you know, like I said, this is called the mystery. People call this the mystery of the ten virgins. And the Bible is loaded with so many mysteries, of course. And and you know how I was saying that there's three types of appointments that we have. The third one, I will call it the final appointment. This is something that all of us have to go through, believer or non-believer. It doesn't matter. The final appointment. I'm sure we all know what that is, the appointment with Jesus Christ at the end, right? And from just a very general aspect of looking at the story, you know, it's not until we go to the very end that we start to realize what's happening when the bridegroom says, hey, I don't know who you are. It starts to correlate with us that maybe this is a story about Jesus and people who were trying to get into heaven. I'll paint the picture for you. If you want to take notes with this, you can take notes with this. Here's the thing. In this scripture, there's a lot of symbolism. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for 
scholars that have come before us, thank God for just, like I said, the Holy Spirit in general. In the Bible, there's so many things that are used as symbols to actually correlate the parallel for those who are believers of what the scripture is talking about. So in this scripture, there's how many virgins? Ten, right? Cool. In the Bible, when it comes to virgins, virgins is purity. That is uh, sanctification. That is, um, in the Greek, I'm going to go all theologian real quick on y'all. It means sanctified. That comes from Greek, sainted? Yeah, sainted, sanctified. So purity, of course, that's what that means, virgins. So we now know that, of course, that all ten of them were clean. Cool. Now, what were they holding? They were holding a lamp. A lot of times in the Bible, we can look at Psalms 119. It says that your word is a unto my feet. Cool, right? Are y'all getting it? Cool. Now, a lot of times in the Bible, fire can represent, of course, the refining fire, but also it can re- uh, present the power of God, the power of God. So let me paint this picture for you guys. Basically right now, these pure women are holding the word of God within the word is the fire, the power of God. Now, let's get it even better for you guys. A lot of times, what do women say? What do people say when it comes to marriage? Love your wife like Christ loved thee. So what is the church? The bride. The bride. So each one of these brides represents a church. They represent a church. So what we have here is ten churches that are holding the word and the power of God. Now, spiritually, biblically, what do you guys think the oil represents? The, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So what the scripture is saying right now is 10 churches were on a journey. They both had the power in the word, but one had more of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> they, they had the Holy Spirit. And the truth is, Why is the Holy Spirit important? Because the oil is what keeps the fire going. So when the the bridegroom is, when they know that the bridegroom is coming, what's happening is that they realize that the fire that they have is growing faint. And here's the thing. There's a reason why the five wise cannot give their oil to the five foolish, because you cannot give the Holy Spirit to somebody else. You cannot give the Holy Spirit to somebody else. In this scripture, it's amazing because this just shows that there's going to be a lot of people, there's going to be a lot of churches, I'm going to go over there, there's going to be a lot of people saying the things of God that may look the same. They may look the same. Many churches may look the same, but what is going to differentiate them is what? The Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit. So at the end, when the bridegroom comes and says, I do not know you, it is because, and here's here's the thing, this is why the Holy Spirit is important. They all slept, right? They were all asleep. So what happened, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, they all wouldn't have been qualified. The grace of the Holy Spirit is what kept the wise wise. Because here's the thing, even while they were sleeping, think about it, the foolish could have gone. They could have gone to get some more oil if they wanted to. But what happens is that because they all think they're alike, they all, think about it, I don't think that all 10 of them just slept at the same time. That's kind of crazy. But here's the thing, the foolish could have been looking at the, at the wise and saying that, okay, they're sleeping, you know, that, it, it must be okay for us to sleep. And they, and they slept. And what happens is that when they wake up, is that, that's when they realize why five of them could just sleep the way they slept. Now, to bring this all 
into, into a full circle. How, how, how long have we been hearing that Jesus is coming? <laughs> Since we were born. And you know, Sasuke's a little bit, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. 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 <laughs> no. You know, I was, I, was, I, was, I was looking at something, and it was, I think it was, I was watching something or listening to something. It was from, like, 1940, and the dude was like, he's coming. I said, 1940? <laughs> Bro. <laughs> he ain't there yet. <laughs> Y'all thought. <laughs> but isn't that crazy because we've been hearing that Jesus is coming for so long, and what happens is that we see in Scripture, the correlation is this. A man shouts out, the bridegroom is coming, Right? But here's what's amazing. This is where I think it relates to us. A lot of us, we know Jesus is coming, but we think we have enough time. So that's why I said to ourselves that the five foolish brides thought they had enough time to go to the store and come back. Here's the thing. If they knew the bridegroom was close, they wouldn't have left. Think about it. If they knew the bridegroom was close, what's the point of even trying to actually go and get the oil? But the truth is, they did not, maybe they did not even see the bridegroom. But the things that they thought to themselves that, hey, I have enough time to come, to go and come back and maybe get in. And the truth is that at the very end, because I want us to read uh, Matthew 24, verse 36. Matthew 24, verse 36. Mm. Matthew 24, verse 36. This is very important. This is Jesus speaking here. Now, are you there? Cool. Perfect. It says this. It says, however, no one knows the day or hour when the thing, these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. 37, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered the boat. 39, people didn't realize what was going on on until the, the flood came and swept them all away. That is the, the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. What does that correlate to? The five wise and the five foolish. 41, two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. 42, so you too must keep watch, for you do not know what day the Lord is coming. 43, understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit the house to be broken into. This is very important because here's the thing. The fact that they were sleeping when they got to their destination, thoughts, they, they, they had an expectation as far as when the bridegroom would come. And I believe that a lot of us, are in that position. We've grown comfortable. We've grown very comfortable, and we know that Jesus is coming, but we, he, he, they've been saying for how many years? 50, 60 years? <laughs> and he's not here yet. So we've grown very comfortable, and what happens is that we, we look at our peers, we look at everyone around us, and we feel like we're on the same level, so it just affirms our comforts. But the truth is that until it's that last day, we'll really know that the person that we're got, just skipping with is not like they were way more ahead than we thought that they were more prepared than we thought and i believe that there's some people here that need to understand that this is real heaven is real right why are we here just to get emotional highs what is it because we all are going towards a certain place you want to go to heaven and i'm challenging you today that please prepare when jesus says in mark i think he said it in yeah in mark he says that he says, watch and pray. 
Watch and pray. Be aware. When you watch and pray, you're aware. You're preparing yourself of all things that may happen. Watch and pray. That is what Jesus left the disciples with. It's important for us to continue to watch and pray. Because when you watch and pray, your comfort is not there. You're always on alert. You're always ready for what is coming. The truth is that we don't know when Jesus is coming. The truth is that at the end of the day, there's two ways we're going to get out of this world. We're either going to die or go, still, we're going to have to die. Or we just get raptured, right? Two, two ways. So the truth is that we have to keep, keep on going, keep going until the end because we don't know how we're getting out of this thing. We don't know how we're going. But the truth is that the main thing that we have to realize is that we cannot leave this world without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is important. I think in our generation, it's very easy for us to be so wowed by the preachers and people out there. But the truth is that we don't know what's happening in the back room. I'm telling you, we, cannot, we couldn't tell the difference between the five wise and the five foolish. If it wasn't for the Bible telling us ahead of time that five were foolish and five were wise, we would not know the difference. This is why we must watch and pray and read the word because there's people out there who we will not know until the very end that what was fooling their, fooling their word was nothing. The oil is what keeps the fire burning. And you right now, do you have the oil? If you're wondering why you've been feeling some type of way, it's maybe because the oil is not there. Your oil, you haven't been relying on the oil. You've been relying on your friends. You've been relying on so many things. You've been relying on the devotionals. You've been relying on sermons week after week. But the truth is that the oil is what keeps your personal fire going. You cannot take the fire. You cannot take, sorry, you cannot take the oil from somebody else to fuel your fire because their lamp is within them. Their lamp is on their own. So what are you going to do to be prepared and stay prepared? And at this moment, I just think it's really important that with all of this, in order to even be in a state of preparation, in order to be in a state of wanting to, 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 to even having that opportunity to experience the Holy Spirit, it's important that we actually are sons and daughters of Christ. We're actually giving our life to Christ. So if you're online or if you're here, this is an opportunity for you to be in relationship with God, for you to start that, start that uh, opportunity, start that, that road. Start the path to getting to know him more. Start the path of being prepared. Because the truth is that we don't know when we're going to go. It can be right now, tomorrow, it can be next week. We don't know. The truth is that the bridegroom tarried. So Jesus is the one that is, God is the one that's stalling coming back. Here's the thing. Time is not in our hands, right? He's the one that controls time. He knows all things. So he's the one that's tarrying. He's the one that has it in his, he knows when he's coming back. We don't know. So what do we have to do? We have to make sure that we're ready. And that starts with giving our life to Christ. So right now, I want us to bow our heads. If you're here and you want to make that decision, if you're here and you want to actually be a part of the family of Christ, I want you to say this prayer. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to know you better. As I accept you today, Take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways and help me to change into the person you want me to be. I love you, Lord, and I proclaim that you are my God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer, uh, Malia's going to come up here and give you an opportunity to uh, type the number and text saved. We're going to have someone talk to you. And, of course, we're going to celebrate you guys. But here's the thing. Do not forget, guys. We do not know when. We do not know how. 
But the truth is that our preparation, that's what we're in charge of. Everything in this world, we may not have a hand on, but we do have a hand on our preparation, and we do have a hand on our journey. So make sure we are ready, we are prepared. Every single time, every single service we have, when we're asking, do you want the Holy Spirit? When we're asking, do you want this? When we're asking, hey, worship, that is a time for you to press in. That is a time, that is a training ground. We're not just doing it for fun, guys. It's because we know that when it comes down to it, these things will help you in the long run. And I believe that truly some of you and all of you will actually fully be prepared for that day. In my name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.